Let us pray. Loving God, we pray that you will give us ears to listen, minds to understand, and hearts to love. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So, one of the good things, and there have been a few good things that have come through our time of journeying together through a time of global pandemic, um, is that we, many churches across the country and the world, have taken up um, doing morning prayer together online, and, and other churches we did noonday prayer, and some do Compline online as well. And we continue to do our morning prayer on Mondays through Fridays. Um, and so you've gotten to see as the backdrop of that um, our homes, our yards, our offices, all sorts of places that we have done morning prayer. And I think it's important to do it in a variety of places because you can see that morning prayer can really be done anywhere. You don't have to be here in the nave. You don't have to be in a chapel. You could be running through your neighborhood, or you could be like how I often am. I have often done morning prayer from the back deck of my house. Uh, and if you've tuned in at all to that, um, you know that the birds have often joined us for morning prayer too. And it's not so much that people can see the birds in the background, though occasionally one will flit through, and if we're really lucky, a hummingbird might buzz through. But rather, it's that people can hear the birds' songs as we read scriptures and pray together, since the birds are especially active at that time of the morning. And for those of you who also enjoy birds know, it's not just about spending time bird watching, it's also about spending time bird listening. And as a person who really um, experiences God most clearly when I am out in nature, that time of just sitting on the back porch or the back deck listening to cicadas and birds is actually how I also, with that as the backdrop, how I often hear God speaking to me. So last summer, as I was reading an article in the New York Times about other people who also enjoy bird watching and bird listening, I learned about a new app, and I shared it with you all at that time in a, in a daily reflection for those who read those. Um, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, which um, if you know anything about birds and the study of them, ornithology, they're kind of um, the top place to go here in the US for knowledge of such things. They made an app, because you know there's an app for that, an app for everything. Uh, it's called the Merlin app, and it allows you to not just visually identify a bird by holding up your smartphone camera, but you can also turn on a microphone on your phone and take a sampling of the sounds that you're hearing. And so you download a sound catalog for your region, and then you press record, and the app creates this spectrogram or this visual record of all the sound patterns. And when the app matches this with one of the bird calls in the database, the name and the picture of the bird will pop up. And if it hears more than one, a list begins to form in all of the bird songs that you're hearing at any one time. So now, as some of you know, I've just moved into a house literally this week, a new house. And so this backyard is very different 
instead of the meadow type of lawn with a creek that I had on Meadow Lawn Drive. <laughs> um, now my backyard is really no yard at all. It's basically woods and a ravine. And so I've been curious yesterday and then again this morning uh, what birds may be in, in this new location. And so when I tried this morning, I realized, I mean, I would have guessed maybe there was a couple different kinds of bird call, calling back and forth, but what I realized that there were actually seven different species of birds, cardinals and towhees and woodpeckers and pine warblers and a few others, they were all singing back and forth in the woods behind my house at the same time in just those two minutes. And so each time you hear the bird call again, the name flashes on the list, and it kind of is almost like this, you are aware of sort of the different instruments maybe in an orchestra. It, it's, it's like that sensation. And so the more I listen and spend some time using the app when I'm listening, I'm learning about what I'm hearing. It makes me more attuned to all of these bird calls and songs that are all around me. And so I will know whose calls I am hearing even when I cannot see them to identify them by the colors of their feathers or by the sizes and shapes of their bodies. In today's passage from the Acts of the Apostles, listening is also an important theme. Listening to the Spirit, Paul and his companions knew that they were not supposed to go to Bithynia. But where were they supposed to go instead? That night, as Paul slept, he dreamt that there stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. The scripture describes this as a vision. However, this was not just a vision that Paul saw, but it was also a vision that required Paul to listen to what God was telling him. And Paul did listen, taking what he saw and heard in his dream so seriously that when he awoke, Paul and his companions had a clear sense of where they were supposed to go and what they were supposed to do. Immediately, they tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Because Paul was well-practiced in listening to the voice of God, Paul could recognize God's voice when it called to him even when it came to him unexpectedly in visions or dreams. Paul and his companions journeyed to Macedonia, traveling through the cities of Samothrace and Neapolis before reaching Philippi. And knowing that God wanted them to declare his message among the Philippians, they tried to think of where the people would be who would be open to hearing them were gathered. It'd be kind of like if you came around here in Cahaba Heights and you were wondering, where could I find a group of people who are doing a Bible study or praying this morning or this evening? Uh, you could go to the St. Stephen's website and you could, you could find a whole list of those things. It was like you wandered into the church and wandered around until you came across the Centering Prayer Group or the Wednesday morning Bible study or something like that. And so they were trying to listen to the Spirit to tell them where can we find some people who might be opening, open to listening to us today? Who would you have us share your message with today? And so listening to the Spirit, God guided them to a place by the river that they supposed to be a place of prayer. And lo and behold, they did find a group of people praying there, a group of women 
And among the women gathered there was a certain woman named Lydia, who is described by Luke as a worshiper of God, and she was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. Now, because Paul listened to God, he knew that he was supposed to go share the good news of Christ with the people of Macedonia, including those exact women who were gathered for prayer at the river that day. And because Lydia listened eagerly when God brought Paul and his companions there to the river, not only she but her whole household decided to seal their belief in God through being baptized together. I want to talk for a minute and have us reflect for a minute about Lydia because Paul's not the only one who's listening for God's voice in this story. Lydia is someone who had immigrated to Philippi from Thyatira, so this was not where she was from. She was a worshiper of God. She was a dealer in purple cloth. So she had resources, she had means. She was the owner and runner of her own business, an entrepreneur, if you will. And it was a kind of business that was dealing in something that was quite valuable to people at the time. So she was doing quite well for herself. And the fact that Luke and Paul knew that this was part of her identity speaks to her reputation. She wanted to learn more. She was open to listening. And so the Lord opened her heart, and not just to listen, but Luke is very specific, to listen eagerly. She was an active listener. She was paying attention. You could kind of picture her making eye contact with Paul, nodding along, um, having that kind of open body language that shows that she's truly paying attention and is open to hearing what God had for her through Paul's words. And what did she do in response to this eager listening? She listened to that nudge of the Holy Spirit, just as Paul did, and she, as the head of her household, caused herself and everyone in her house to be baptized, as we have a couple of babies who have come with their households to be baptized here this day. And then not only did she lead her households to be baptized, but she took it a step further. She invited Paul and his companions to come and stay with her. And she didn't just offer, she urged, she prevailed upon them. Luke is very sure to tell us that. So in other words, she insisted that they come. It wasn't like, oh, come, and if, if you don't come, that's okay. She, listening to the Holy Spirit, felt moved to urge them that you need to come and stay in my house. And you can imagine that the coming and staying, that that led to other conversations, exchange of ideas, maybe brainstorming about how they could continue to build this new community of believers in Philippi. And if you've read the letter to the Philippians or you know about other interactions between Paul and Philip, the Philippians and Lydia included, you know that she continued to be an important part and supporter of Paul's ministry. And so her urging them to come and stay with her and her, at her household um, was an important 
listening of the Spirit on Lydia's part because it meant that she knew that she was supposed to be, continue to be in relationship with Paul and to be an important part of his ministry. What you see here happening with Lydia is something that some call, scholars have referred to as spiritual generosity. It's the overflow of the Holy Spirit at work within us. God has blessed us with resources and time and the ability to listen and be in conversation and to be with one another. And the Holy Spirit, if we're listening for it, will nudge us who to invite into our lives, who to invite into our conversations, who to invite in to our homes, and to give us the strength uh, and the persistence to not just offer, to, but to insist upon being in these kind of relationships and conversations with the people that God leads into our lives. As we hear in today's gospel from John, Jesus is telling his disciples and his, those who would follow him that we will come to them and make our home with them even after Jesus has gone. And he's trying to explain to them how that would be. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Lydia welcomed and even urged and prevailed upon Paul and his companions to come and stay in her home. And Jesus says that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will come and make our home with those who love Jesus and keep his word. We have the Holy Spirit who is with us and guiding us and advocating for us. God has not left us alone even after Jesus ascended back to be in the presence of the Father. And so as you go out from here this day, I urge you to kind of to reflect on the story of Paul and on the story of Lydia and reflect on how it is that the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you and guiding you and urge you also to be eager listeners, just as Lydia was. Amen. Thank you.